This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Michael Zuber, author of One Rental at a Time. And yes, before you ask, we are doing our daily financial news 60 minutes early this fine Saturday morning. Had to do it early today for a couple of reasons. First, I think it's important for this video to be my first one of the morning. Really shows you my daily routine, dedication to producing content that is relevant for you. I do like these to go out at 7.30 in the morning. It's a nice, stable cadence that you can count on. But sometimes my experts need to do phone calls at different times. So we're recording this at 6.30 in the morning, which means I was up at 5 a.m. for you to take notes on the day. Uh, So we can talk to a CPA, somebody who's been on the channel a couple of times, Bob Langworthy. We're going to talk about seller financing from a CPA or accounting perspective. If you don't know, Ryan Nickel helped us add content to, or actually, stand corrected, he was the creator of the original content for a new section in my course called Seller Financing. He went down the creative path. What I'm doing is I'm filling out the other section where the landlord... The owner may own it free and clear, and we need to talk about seller financing from a tax perspective. Just last week, there was talk about the capital gains tax going up to 39 or 43 or whatever, right? Uh, So the ability to talk to an owner who has a cost basis of zero about how they can structure a seller or owner financing to uh, manage out the tax burden is something we are all going to have to do. This is something I think is going to be very important. If taxes get punitive on wealth, then seller financing is going to be a tremendous tool to add to your bag. So that's why I'm going to talk with Bob at 7. It'll probably be a 45-minute conversation. We're going to add that to the course because it's important for you to understand the ins and outs so that when you talk to a seller, you can explain what is happening, why it is better for them on a tax basis to use an installment loan uh, and go forward with your deal. And then you give them enough details, they check with their CPA, they get the thumbs up. It's it's a very good way to create a win-win transaction. And it's how I did a 15-unit deal just a year ago. Two fourplexes, a triplex, and four houses because of the strategy Bob and I are going to talk about. From there, we go to 8 o'clock, which is our weekly Q&A session. So yes, we will still do that at 8 o'clock, talk to my students at 9, and then I have a special guest at 10. So man, I don't know about your Saturday, but my Saturday morning is starting off busy. So on to the daily financial news. Uh, Again, it's the weekend, so let's do a little bit of a look ahead. Next week is going to be busy. Uh, We have a lot of, we have a lot next week. Next week could be kind of noisy. One of the reasons it's going to be noisy is we have about one-third, about 30% of the S&P 500 reporting next week, Monday through Friday, with Berkshire Hathaway coming out on Saturday. I always think it's funny that good old Warren Buffett 
releases stuff on Saturday. Good for him. So just to give you a flavor of all the companies reporting next week, we got the big tech, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet slash Google, Amazon. We got the big, big manufacturers, Boeing, Caterpillar. We got Tesla. We have consumer stocks that I like to watch, McDonald's, Starbucks, MasterCard. We also have MGM Resorts. Again, remember the things that I'll be looking for is much like last weekend. I don't really care about anybody's earnings from the last 90 days. I want them to start talking about the future. We have left this dark period. We are now in the light with both feet. So what's happening? Are we going to have more Netflix? Meaning, you had a great year. You had a great run. You pulled 10 million subscribers early. And now you're going to have a rough air gap. 10 million to 1 million? That's a drop. Or are you just going to continue unabated, right? You have adopted a model that has now taken off, and it's a revenue stream that is better than uh, in you know in house. I think of Chipotle, right? Chipotle has uh, done an amazing job of turning their app or online ordering into a revenue stream that, for the first time, beat in store dining. That's amazing, right? Do we have more of those companies? Do we have the great rotation continuing? What's going on with the industrials? Caterpillar, right? Are builders still on pause? Are they going forward? Are people buying ahead because they expect an infrastructure play? There's lots of stuff going on. Then it's the darn consumer. That's who I watch. What's going on with the consumer? Are they going back to Starbucks? They went to McDonald's a lot a year ago. Are they going somewhere else? Do we have trade-offs? And then what about MasterCard? We had American Express last week. As somebody correctly pointed out, maybe a little small business focus, which has been suffering. But let's see. MasterCard. What's that consumer doing? Are they still paying down balances? Have they gone on a shopping binge? There's a lot of stuff that will be shared with us next week. Uh, so the uh, S&P 500 is going to be interesting to watch. We have a Federal Reserve meeting Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, expect more of the same. No inflation here. You know, don't see it. You know, don't hear it, don't want it. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, gas, I mean, gas up in, in California, SoCal, I saw some pictures at five bucks. Diapers going up, food's going up. I mean, lumber's up, right? Everything in Home Depot's up. So, but you know, no inflation here. Uh, we're going to have more stimulus talk. We're now going to see part B of kind of this Uber infrastructure bill. Uh, I think the total is going to be north of $4 trillion, which just hurts to say. We're going to hear the tax proposals. How are some of this going to be paid for? Good news is they're trying to pay for it. Uh, we'll see where that comes down. It's going to be interesting. And we have some inflation data that is coming out, I think, on Friday. Uh, this inflation data is going to be muted. It's next month, as I've said a couple of times, that is going to be interesting and potentially running hot. Uh, we shall see. And when we have some housing data, we got Case Schiller coming out. We have pending home sales. Lots of stuff next week for you and I to digest. Something else we saw uh, is vacant office space is at a record. Manhattan vacant office space is at 16.3% with more coming. Uh, and again, why is this important? Because again, commercial, whether it's office, retail, or multifamily, it's really a combination of NOI or net operating income 
and cap rate that kind of generates value. And let me just tell you, vacancies don't help. Falling rents don't help. Risk, increased risk don't help. Value in office buildings are going to collapse. Value in retail is going to collapse. These Many people, if they have if they were doing a value add office and they had bridge debt or mezzanine financing or some kind of short term IO or interest only, uh, they are uh, they are either going to need more equity, they're going to need to hope their lenders extend and pretend, or they're going to lose their buildings. And then lastly, what I wanted to share with you is uh, so I put out a video yesterday about. Dogecoin, because it was amazing how many people said, hey, go get it, buy it. Hopefully you enjoyed my funny video about, are you kidding me? Why would anybody buy this thing? Uh, but lo and behold, CNBC, right after I produced that, or at least I found it after I produced it, did an article about a Dogecoin millionaire. Yes, uh, I just want to share with you the details. I want to share with you how lucky this individual got and how foolish, yeah, foolish, uh, they are being. So let me let me walk you through the story, how this person had a lottery ticket in their hand and then threw it away. So first off, this individual is 33 years old. Uh, he decided uh, to go all in for a couple of reasons. First, he thinks Elon Musk is a genius. Hard to argue, I guess. Uh, he loves the Reddit community. Interesting. And he was inspired by the meme. That's why you make a bet? Because you think someone's a genius? You like a meme and you like a community. There's no research into the technology or, in this case, the coin. But he goes ahead and places an all-in bet because of those three things. This individual is holding a 4-5 offsuit in poker. He, puts a, he goes all in with 180 grand. 180 grand at four and a half cents. Seems like an aggressive bet to me. Uh, it's not clear where the money came from. It said stocks. He sold Tesla. He sold Uber and a few other stocks to raise that money. He also went on margin. He borrowed money to place this bet. Robinhood is not your friend. Robinhood is letting you make financial disaster decisions that sometimes work out. Uh, he go, the article goes on to say, hey, I grew up really poor. Um, he wanted to create generational wealth with a cryptocurrency, a, a meme stock. He didn't talk better financial future. He didn't talk financial freedom. He's talking generational wealth. Talk about skipping over the basics. Warren Buffett, arguably one of the best investors ever, never made generational wealth on one stock trade. It's not going to happen, folks. You're going to have to make several good investments over time. Stop thinking you can do it with one all-in play. It's so dangerous. The article goes on to say, this individual has no disposable income. No disposable income. Again, he sells stock like Tesla and Uber. And lo and behold, on April 15th, at 6 p.m., he becomes a millionaire. He took, takes a screenshot of Robinhood. 
It's a million eighty six, something like that, eighty six thousand. April fifteenth. Doge is like forty five cents a share. Let's just say it's not forty five cents a share nine days later. It's something under thirty cents. So he's lost thirty five percent. But here are the things that I saw in this story that are frightening. They're really frightening because I see myself. I did something similar, not quite this reckless, but I can see myself in this individual, and that's probably what hurts me the most. First and foremost, you got cocky, you got arrogant, you didn't do your research. You got lucky, though, and you just start, you start feeling smarter and smarter. You turn seven into 197, you feel, you feel kind of smart, uh, even though you got lucky. Uh, this individual went all in on a single bet with no research and added margin slash leverage. He gets to $1 million, a net worth that probably changes his life if he sells. He makes this fatal mistake, in my opinion. He goes, I'm not selling anything. He probably goes more in on margin. Oh, that's going to be so bad if he did. He goes, I'm, I'm not going to sell a penny until I get to $10 million. Folks, you've already got the lotto ticket. You're standing at the register. You can cash in. Do yourself a favor. At least get your 180 k back. Don't leave it in the middle of the table for the vultures to come pick at you. Take some off the table. If you really did grow up poor, a million bucks, what, what could you have done with that? Again, he bet everything he had on someone else. And again, Elon Musk is sending out tweets, and this guy goes all in. We don't have Elon Musk's research. We don't know what he's doing. Oh, Elon, you're hurting people, buddy. And again, he stays in too long. He thinks the hot streak goes on forever. We've all seen the gambler at Vegas who stays in too long and they're up big and then they leave broke. This individual, not nine, day, nine days later, I've done the rough math, is now down 450 grand. I don't know about you, but 180 into six, no, 550, still not a bad play. If it was me, my history, he keeps holding. I did it. I could have sold out earlier. And it goes, my, my account went down 80% before I took some money off the table. Before I went to cash, I lost 80%. Again, I only share this story with you to hopefully realize that, A, I was one of them. I did the same thing just 20 years ago on a different stupid investment. But really, it's do your own research. Do the work. Two, one bet, even if it's a monster win, is not going to give you generational wealth. I don't know who said that's true. You're going to have to make dozens of bets. It's okay. You have a long life. You're 33 years old. You got an amazing one right. Cash in. Take some off the table. Leverage. I've talked about it. Fear of missing out. What if beginner's luck times leverage? equals financial disaster. This individual won't listen to me. No big deal. America is a free country. Do what you want. This is not going to end well. If he added leverage when he had a million bucks, 
he could almost be at zero today, right? Robinhood allows you to add more leverage when, you, when your account value goes up. If he piled on leverage as the stock was falling, he could theoretically be zero today and wiped out nine days later. That's how it works. All right, folks. Well, I am looking forward to talking with Bob Langworthy because seller financing in a higher tax environment will be interesting. Make sure we add to the course. I will see you back at 8 o'clock for our live Q&A. Remember, today's a great day to make some money. Let's be better than yesterday. Bye-bye.